Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, December 6th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski. Just me today. Uh, I don't think we'll get Truman on Tuesday's show, but next Thursday we should have him back because that's Christmas break for college, for our college. Um, so we will get him back for about a month straight of shows. Be kind of nice to get back into a routine. Plus, we'll probably be having more guests upcoming on the shows, just due to the fact that a lot of our normal reoccurring guests will be back from college uh, on Christmas break. So that's going to be good. That's something to look forward to, especially on my end, because uh, these one-hour shows by myself are getting a little tiring, uh, even though I love doing it, and I will keep doing it as long as I possibly can. Um it will be nice to have a little bit of a break from that, uh, and it'll be nice to have a little bit more debate going on the show instead of me just talking for a uh, hour. But that's what you're going to get today. Uh, again, I apologize. We didn't do a show on Tuesday. Um, that's my fault. Uh, I guess you can blame the Packers on that because uh, we went to the game on Sunday, me, Truman, uh, my sister Taylor, who's been on the show before, and then my father. Uh, we went to Green Bay uh, for the Packers-Cardinals game. Uh, and I lost my voice completely. It was really cold out as well, uh, so I am kind of sick too. So I really wasn't feeling uh, a full show uh, on Tuesday. So I just decided, you know, I told everybody who produces it all that stuff that I just couldn't do it. Uh, thankfully, everybody was cool about it. Shout out to Twelve Ounce; they were cool about us not doing a show on Tuesday. Um, and I felt bad because I really wanted to talk about a lot of stuff. We'll talk about all of that today, even though we are about a week behind. I usually like to keep up up on the headlines, but we have pretty much an entire week of headlines that we have not even touched yet just because there was no show on Tuesday. Uh, so bear with me. You can hear it in my voice a little bit. I'm still a little sick. Uh, I might need to take a break or two. Uh, so if you hear a little bit of a pause in between segments or you, something sounds a little off, uh, that's because I'm probably taking a break and switching up uh, the segments of recording. So bear with me. Like I said, I am sick still, so my voice sounds a little off as well too. But I do want to get into some headlines uh, that we haven't talked about at all. Then we'll go through uh, next week's games, NFL games. We'll give a uh, uh, predictions for each game like we always do on Thursday. Uh, but we will start with some of the major headlines from the upcoming week. Stuff we would have discussed on Tuesday's show if we would have had a Tuesday show. So let's get into it right now. We'll start with the Packers-Cardinals game, so uh, the fallout from that. So I went, like I said, me, Sherman, uh, my sister Taylor, and my dad all went up there. We do it every year. Uh, we didn't get there last year. We went to the Browns game and Cleveland Browns-Packers, but we go every year um, to at least one game, uh, and it was a good game to go to. I know the score didn't really you know, come out the way we wanted it to come out. We ended up losing to the pretty bad uh, pretty bad Cardinals team, which sucked. But at the end of the day, we did get to see Mike McCarthy's last game. He was fired after the game. About an hour after we left the game, I would say he was fired. Uh, it was funny because as he was walking off the field, you know, my dad and I, we, were, we were staring at him walking off the field because we were just so pissed off at him because he coached another bad game, cost us another win, uh, and. As far as I thought, uh, I thought he was going to be fired. I think everybody kind of knew he was going to be fired. But I'm sh everyone thought he would kind of last until the end of the season just because of who he was coaching for, what organization. The Packers organization, 
is one of the most interesting in sports because they usually don't make any crazy moves in terms of you know splashes you know every now and then they will especially in free agency uh but they don't make these type of moves that make headlines so quickly uh and the mike mccarthy firing mid-season is pretty big deal because he is a super bowl winning head coach i know a lot of uh ex-coaches came out uh against the packers decision to let him go tony dungy especially um but it was time. That that game versus the Cardinals, I think, kind of sealed it. Uh, you know, Mark Murphy, the Packers president, we listened to the press conference. Um, he said that this, the decision to fire Mike was kind of made last week after the Vikings game. And then losing to the Cardinals at home, a 2-9 and nine Cardinals team at home, uh, a team that usually plays in a dome in Arizona with a rookie quarterback who went who went to a California school coming up to a Green Bay coming up to Green Bay during the regular season in December, um, where it was snowing, it was wet, it was snow, it was just crappy, crappy weather conditions. Um, but still, we ended up losing. And Josh didn't play. Josh Rosen didn't play an amazing game. He wasn't lights out. Uh, but the Packers' offense just wasn't there. There was many points in that game where you can look at it and say, you know, that's Aaron Rodgers, that's Mike McCarthy. But Mike McCarthy made a lot of dumb decisions in that game. You know, a couple things come to mind. It was like third and ten early on, and he ran a draw up the middle, which went for two yards, and it was sacked, then was tackled. Uh, there was just many things that went wrong. And I know we had a chance to tie the game up and go to overtime uh, if Mason Crosby would have made his kick. But that was a pretty long kick to ask for a guy, uh, especially in those weather conditions. So I don't put it all on McCarthy, on uh, Crosby because uh, he has had a bad season. But still, that was a tough kick for him to make. At the end of the day, McCarthy's run in Green Bay, you know, 13 years, uh, it was exciting. It was a, a period of mostly winning, but the last two years just grunts grown stale uh that 2010 team that won the super bowl uh that was one of the greatest years of football in my life uh that was really the moment i would say that the packers fandom really was solidified inside of me when we won the super bowl in 2010 uh you know mike mccarthy oversaw you know a transition from brett Favre to aaron Rodgers, which is not easy to do those are two big personalities and he made that transition as smoothly as possible smoothly as anybody can uh to go from somebody as big of a name as brett Favre to somebody you know with aaron Rodgers, who at the time wasn't even thought of as anything close to what brett Favre was but now look at it you know a super bowl later a couple playoff wins you know McCarthy had a good run in Green Bay. And when hiring him, you know, if you would have asked any fan, okay, this is what you're going to get after we hire McCarthy. You're going to get 13 years and a Super Bowl, and he's going to help develop one of your quarterbacks on your roster to become one of, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. You would have taken, taken that. And if you would have told Mike McCarthy when he got the job that this is going to be a 13-year job and then you're going to be fired, he would have probably taken that too. Uh, you know, coaching in the NFL – to coach for over 10 years is amazing. It's very rare nowadays. Uh, and McCarthy's a good coach. He's always been a good coach. Um, and he'll get another job. I just think his time in Green Bay ran stale. It, it was shown early on that he wasn't... Uh, wasn't. I want to say he wasn't able to or he just didn't want to change up his offensive philosophy. Maybe the firing is going to wake him up a little bit. Uh, but there was just... His offense was stale. His play calling was stale. And I think it was time to move on. Uh, you know, a lot of people blame 
you know, Aaron Rodgers saying, no, he's the problem. He's the Le- LeBron James of the NFL. Uh, he's hard to he's hard to coach, but he's really not. I mean, Mike McCarthy's his only coach in the last couple of years. They started to have problems. I get it. Aaron Rodgers has this kind of cocky swagger about him. Uh, when winning is amazing, but when losing is kind of annoying. Um, and I understand when people get angry at him. But it's not his fault. It's not his job to coach the team. Uh, you know, it's clear uh, it wasn't all McCarthy's fault. You know, Ted Thompson the last couple of years hasn't done a great job at bringing in young talent like he did early on in his career. Um, you know, we don't even have half of our draft classes from a couple of years ago uh, towards the end of Ted Thompson's career. You know, guys like Demarius Randall, Nick Perry, Dayton Jones, all first-round picks, all really never panned out in Green Bay. I know Demarius is having success. Uh with the Browns, Dayton Jones isn't even in the NFL anymore. Uh, he picked Eddie Lacy in the second round, who ate himself out of the league. You know, it's just pick after pick after pick being wasted, uh, and it becomes a time where when you when you aren't replacing these busts with free agents, uh, the roster is going to get pretty bad pretty quickly. And it was obvious uh, of that, you know. And then we got Brian Gutenkeis in there now, and he's bringing in young talent. Uh, he's had a pretty good first draft. Uh, Taking J.R. Alexander with the 19th pick uh, while securing a first-round pick for next year was a brilliant move, and I'm just excited to see what he does uh, a couple years now down the line uh, with all these, all this capital and with all these draft picks. So again, you can't blame it all on McCarthy. Ted Thompson's, you know, he's right there uh, blaming. He's right there to take the blame too. Uh, but Rodgers is also there. Rodgers hasn't been having a fantastic year. He's been missing a lot of easy throws. I don't know if that's because he's grown tired of McCarthy and he wants him to. Re- so he wanted him to get fired, so he was playing poorly just so McCarthy would get fired. I don't believe that to be true. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would intentionally sacrifice games uh, to make his coach get fired. I don't think he's that type of guy. Uh, but I don't know. But again, at the end of the day, I'm glad to see uh, both sides moved on. McCarthy actually spoke to the Packers yesterday, I believe. Uh, they gave him a chance to address the team. Uh, and, you know, I have all the heart in the world goes out to Mike McCarthy. He did a great job for 13 years. He was here. And he'll be a Hall of Famer uh, with the Packers uh, as soon as his career is wrapped up. And I think he'll get another job, too. I think the Browns' job uh, is interesting to look for for Mike McCarthy. As far as uh, where the Packers go from here, you know, this is the first time we've had a head coaching position available in 13 years. You have This is probably the most intriguing, best job available. I know people are going to argue the Browns, uh, but when you come here to Green Bay, you're joining that tradition. Uh, you have really good fans behind you no matter what. Uh, they're going to support you. Uh, you have Aaron Rodgers, who's the best quarterback of all time. You have weapons up and down the defense and offense that just need a little bit more coaching to get, to, to get uh, the best out of them. You know, you got Aaron Jones, who's one of the best young running backs in the NFL. You got Devontae Adams, who's a top five wide receiver. David Bakhtiari is one of, if not the best left tackle in the NFL. Uh, Some other solid pieces on the offensive line. Jimmy Graham's a few years removed from being one of the best tight ends in the league, and I think he still has a lot left. Uh, And then you go on the defensive side. Kenny Clark and Blake Martinez and Jair Alexander are three solid pieces on your defense, three solid Pro Bowl players who will be uh, there for a long time. Uh, so you got pieces up and down, and I think Mike Pettin should stay. 
I think he's done a pretty good job with that defense that doesn't have a lot of talent on it. And plus, we have two first-round draft picks. So, I think while Cleveland's an interesting job, I think Green Bay is a more uh, intriguing, solid option. So, I think the Packers will have top choice wherever they decide to go. Whether it's, you know, Daniels, McDaniels from uh, New England, which I know a lot of people weren't excited about. DeFilippo, uh couple other names up and down the board. I think it's a very intriguing job. And I think we'll get some names that haven't really been brought up in a couple of years throwing their hat in the ring. And we'll see what happens. Uh, and as far as the Tony Dungy argument where you don't fire a Super Bowl winning head coach, uh, you know, in the middle of the season, I don't believe in that that much. I think it, if at any, it helps McCarthy and it helps the Packers. In terms of the Packers, it gets them a head start on their coaching option. Uh, Joe Philbin was named interim. You're going to be able to see what he can do for those four games. I don't think it will be much, but you're going to be able to see what he can do, what he will bring. Uh, and it's kind of an audition for the head coaching position. And you get a head start in everything else. Uh, it's now the Browns and the, pa- and the Packers have head starts. Uh, going forward, coaching search. Uh, they're going to be able to talk to guys who are in the playoffs. Uh, they don't have to really worry about having McCarthy string- stringing him along in the back. And then as far as McCarthy goes, you know, he knew he was going to be fired as much as he said, you know, as much as he tries to block it out. He knew he was going to be fired. He knew his time in Green Bay was coming up. Uh, so he kind of... Uh, was coaching without a job, if that makes sense. He, he was getting a lot of hate from the fans, uh, and now fans look on him with gratitude and appreciation rather than if he wouldn't have been fired, people would still be calling out calling out his name on social media and to his face and whatever. So McCarthy gets a clean break. He's going to be getting calls here for coaching soon enough, or if not, he's getting paid next year by the Packers, so if he wants to take a break uh, and take a year off like coaches have, uh, I don't think anybody would blame him. So I don't think it's dis- I think it's a little bit disrespectful. Uh, I would have kept him to the end of the season, but I understand what the Packers are trying to do, what Mark Murphy and Gutenkeis are trying to do there in Green Bay. Um, you know, now we have the most exciting job available. We got a head coach now, Joe Philbin. Uh, he'll get four games to audition uh, his role with the Packers uh, as a head coach. And it's just going to be interesting to see what we do from now on to the rest of the season. What I would like to see is the Packers kind of mail it in, you know, start. Uh, don't bench Aaron Rodgers, even though I'd like that. I don't, he's not going to want to be benched. Start players who... You know, we haven't seen a lot this year. I know a lot of people don't know these names, uh, guys who I want to see play. Uh, but start the younger guys, see what you got, see what uh, kind of talent level you have. Uh, and this is a great opportunity to kind of get ready to clean house come January when the season's over. We're still not officially eliminated from the playoffs. 30 teams are still in the running for the playoffs. I think the Raiders and the 49ers are the two teams that have been officially eliminated. Uh, we're not going to get to the playoffs, but obviously you want to win these next four games. Uh, do it, though, I would say, by assessing your talent and starting the younger guys. But with that, that's all I wanted to talk about with the Packers. Uh, you know, it's cool. It's bittersweet as well to see Mike McCarthy's last game uh, as a fan, see it up close. Uh, and you could just tell the energy was out of the stadium and it was time for him to move on. Uh, but other than that, that's all I wanted to talk about with that. Now we're going to talk about the Kareem Hunt situation that transpired over the weekend as well. So Friday we left for Green Bay um, around 5 o'clock. Uh, and that was just when the Kareem Hunt stuff started to come out. You know, the video first came out by TMZ. Uh, and then next thing you know, 
the Chiefs released a statement about it, uh, and next thing you know, Kareem Hunt was cut, and he was on waivers. Uh, then Monday rolled around when the waivers started to come out, and he was let go uh, uh, from the waivers. He was officially not picked up by anybody from the waiver situation. And now he's a free agent. But he is still on the commissioner's exempt list, which means he can't play in any football games until either A, the commissioner takes him off their list, or he gives him a suspension, which will be coming soon, I believe. So basically what happened in this situation was Kareem Hunt got into a altercation with a girl at a hotel in Cleveland, Ohio. Shout out uh, the 216. Uh, and in the video, he he was seen pushing her and kicking her, uh, which is not acceptable at all, especially from an NFL player. But anybody, it's not acceptable at all. Uh, reports are that she was she was the aggressor in the situation in terms of she started it. She was yelling at him. She was calling him uh, racial slurs, stuff like this. We don't know. Um, but this came out a couple – when this started to come out, this was last year when this altercation happened. Uh, and I kind of remember it a little bit. Uh, and all I remember was it kind of just went away. And really nothing happened. Uh, and that's what uh, Kareem Hunt told the Chiefs. That there really wasn't anything going on. Uh, and it went away. And there was no charges filed by the police. Uh, the NFL supposedly did an investigation into it. But uh, their investigation was not good enough uh, for me, obviously. Because they didn't speak to Kareem Hunt or the woman involved. I don't know who they spoke to if they did an investigation. Because A, they didn't even get the video. B, they didn't talk to the girl. And B, they didn't, and C, they didn't talk to Kareem Hunt. So they really didn't even get anything major. It took TMZ bribing the hotel um, with a certain amount of money to get the videotape. Uh, but the NFL is, is a sporting uh, league. It's not doesn't have subpoena power it can't request the video it can't make the girl testify it can't make kareem hunt testify and they can't request the video and it can't make the hotel give them the video uh so tmz had to go out and pay for it themselves but as far as the situation goes uh you know, what do I think is going to happen to Kareem Hunt? I think he deserves a second chance. I'm one of those type of people where, you know, you should just, you deserve a second chance. Uh, and the end, the, in terms of social media, uh, this is way, uh, overblown than it would have been in the past. You know, we've had horrible situations. You look at guys like Tyreek Hill, uh, Joe Mixon, Ray Rice. Ray Rice is a different one, though, because that was a horrific video, and he was kicked out of the league, and uh, he hasn't been signed since. But you look, I think Joe Mixon's video was way worse than uh, Kareem Hunt's video. And I'm not going to sit here and defend the two situations and say, oh, one was worse than the other. But Joe Mixon, nobody even talks about him anymore. You know, he fell in the draft, but that was about it. And now he's about to sign a huge extension because he's had a great two years. And he's going to sign two, a huge extension with the Bengals. Uh, and he's going to be making a lot of money, and he's still playing the NFL. As far as Kareem Hunt goes, I think he should be suspended for a couple games. Not a whole season, maybe five, uh, maybe six to eight, I would say. Uh, and then I think he will be picked up. Uh, and that's just the nature of the NFL nowadays. I don't agree with it. I think... Once you put your hands on a woman, your life should be over. You should go to jail uh, for the rest of your life. Um, but that obviously won't happen. Uh, you look at guys like Greg Hardy. They got a second chance. Tyreek Hill was drafted, and now he's about to sign a huge extension. And he hit and beat his pregnant girlfriend 
you know, there's a million of these situations and of guys getting second chances. Uh, then you look, Kareem Hunt is one of the most talented players in the NFL. He's an elite running back. Uh, and I'm sure the Chiefs didn't want to release him, but they knew they had to, or else they were going to be dealing with a lot more uh, scrutiny than what they wanted to deal with. Uh, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for any of these guys. Like I said, if you put your hands on a girl, uh, any type of girl, you should be uh, thrown in jail for the rest of your life. You should be, uh, you should never even see the light of day again. That's how I believe it. Um, but he did. He's going to get a second chance. I'd, I'd highly, I would highly. Um, don't think he he isn't gonna play that he played his last snap in the NFL. I think he'll be back. Uh, I think teams if any team would have picked him up off of waivers, uh, they would have got, gotten a lot of scrutiny. But you look at a guy like Reuben Foster. He's had three separate incidences of domestic violence, and he is still on an NFL roster. I think if uh, Foster wouldn't have went unclaimed, if, if Foster wasn't picked up by the Redskins. I think Hunt would have been picked up by a team. I think teams saw the kind of heat that the Redskins got for picking up Reuben Foster after his third domestic abuse uh, violation. And they got a lot of heat for that, and they got a lot of hate in the media. So I think teams like the Redskins uh, and other teams you know, kind of shot away because they saw what happened to Reuben Foster and the Redskins. So it's a tough situation, like I said. I'm not going. I'm not here to make excuses for anybody. Uh, you know, I think Kareem Hunt's sorry about it. I don't think Kareem Hunt is a uh, bad guy. I think what he did was disgusting. I, I truly believe, though, in second chances. Uh, you know, if he rehabilitates himself, I think he he should be back in the NFL uh, sometime soon. But if he does it again, I think you suspend him for life. That's what I think the suspension thing should be. You know, you suspend him for eight games, the first domestic abuse. Uh, violation, and then you ban them for the rest of their life if they do it again. You know, you don't mess around with it. Uh, you look at guys like Ruben Foster, who's had three straight abuse allegations, but then then you run into the problem of, you know, girls threatening uh, NFL players because they won't give them money or whatever, uh, threatening them with allegations. So it's a delicate situation that you have to look into and treat each, each situation on its own. I don't think you can put forth a uniform punishment that just goes across the entire league. I think you got to look at each situation differently, and I think you need to establish some sort of guidelines to get uh, the right amount of punishment uh, to these type of players. Uh, so that's all I wanted to say about that. I think Kareem Hunt will get a second chance. I think he deserves a second chance. Uh, but other than that, that's all I wanted to talk about with that. So last thing, and then we'll get into some current headlines and week and uh, week fourteen, I believe, NFL predictions. Uh, I want to talk about the college football playoffs. So it was a crazy weekend. Uh, I was in Wisconsin all weekend, like I said, but I did get to watch Ohio State whoop up on that uh, Northwestern Wildcat ass. Uh, it was a good game for Ohio State. They played well, uh, and it just showed us um, why Ohio State deserves to be in the top four. I think. And then you say, okay, well, if Ohio State deserves to be in, who should be taken out? I think Notre Dame should have been taken out. And I think it should have been Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State. Uh, you know, I know Georgia and Notre Dame people would say differently. Georgia Georgia's insignificant to me. You got you had your one chance. You, you knew what you are going into in that SEC title game. You knew you had to play perfect, and you knew you had to beat Alabama to get in. 
just because you played Alabama close and just because you 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 lost to a backup quarterback who you weren't ready for, uh, shout out Jalen Hurts, doesn't mean crap in my eyes. You gave up a huge lead, you had all the momentum on your side, and you just blew it just because Jalen Hurts came into the game. And Jalen Hurts isn't even close to the type of player uh, Tua is. Uh, you could have easily fixed it up. Uh, and won that game. So Georgia is insignificant to me. Yeah, they played Alabama close, and some people were saying they're the only chance to beat Alabama. But no, that the uh, the playbook's out there now. It's sh- it's been shown that Alabama is beatable, um, and uh, I think teams are going to take advantage of that. I think Oklahoma doesn't have a best defense, and I think Oklahoma will lose that game. Um, but then you look at okay, you leave Notre Dame out. You know why do you leave Notre Dame out? Because Notre Dame hasn't played anybody. They played. You know, uh, a bad Michigan team that was exposed by Ohio State, and they barely beat Northwestern, who Ohio State beat by a pretty wide margin. Uh, but Ohio- but I guess uh, Notre Dame was undefeated, so they do deserve to get in. But here's the thing: UCF was undefeated too, and UCF, uh, the coach, not the coach, the uh, playoff committee said last year that there is a path for UCF to get into the playoffs. Well, if there is a path, then what what kind of path is it? Because they went undefeated. They did everything they could have done. They won every single game. I think the Mackenzie Milton injury impacted them a lot, but still, they they went undefeated as well. Uh, and they played uh, just as tough teams as Notre Dame. You can make that argument. But at the end of the day, the playoffs you know ended up being Alabama, Clemson. Notre Dame and Oklahoma. So now we're going to get Oklahoma and Alabama and Clemson versus Notre Dame. I think Clemson is going to absolutely roll over Notre Dame. I don't even think that's going to that's going to be a game. Uh, and I think uh, Alabama is going to beat Oklahoma by a pretty good margin too. So we'll get Alabama Clemson for the second year and third year in a row, uh, which has been shown, especially in the NBA, that's not good for ratings. So which is why I'm surprised they didn't match it up in a certain way, but. I digress uh, in that situation. Uh, I think Ohio State would have been a better... I think Ohio State and Georgia would have been better teams to put in there than Oklahoma and uh, uh, Notre Dame. But the way the chips fell, you know, you had to put those two teams in there. Um, but So this isn't the best four teams. This is just uh, the four teams that fell into the right situation and played the right schedule, I guess you could say. Um and I think Notre Dame has to get into a conference. I think conference champions should matter. Um, but I guess, you know, I'm just one guy screaming into a microphone right now. I really don't have that much of a say. As far as Ohio State goes, uh, Urban Meyer already said he's going to retire. He's stepping down after this season. Uh, and they hired Ryan Day to a five-year contract, $4.5 million a year. Um, for Ryan Day, as he will become the 25th head coach in Ohio State's history. Uh I'm not sure what to think of this. Both of my football teams, the Packers and the Buckeyes, lost their head coaches this week. I know Urban will coach one more game, the Rose Bowl versus Washington, but still, it's going to be weird not seeing him on the sidelines. Urban Meyer was the type of coach, he brought stability to a program that was falling and falling fast after the the, uh, letdown of Jim Trestle. Uh, Luke Fickle came in after Jim Trestle and sort of, provide a little bit of stability to them, uh, but with the bull ban for two years, they weren't uh, really there yet. But Urban Meyer came in, and he oversaw, I think, one of the most talented uh, seven years that Ohio State's ever had in terms of recruits and NFL guys. You go down the list, 
I saw on Twitter the other day they made a list of you know uh, all the players that Urban Meyer's you know churned out of Ohio State the last couple of years, and the names on that list is amazing: Ezekiel Elliott, Corey Lindsley, uh, Michael Thomas, um, Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore, Von Bell, uh, uh, Raquan McMillan, Cardell, uh, J.T. Barrett. You know the list goes on and on. Curtis Samuel. All these types of guys who have just had amazing careers, not only in college, but in the NFL. And it sucks to see them all go. Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa, too. Um, Urban Meyer brought a level of champion and winning to this organization that it hasn't seen in a long time. Uh, He brought Ohio State back to the forefront of college football. That run in 2015 was probably the most exciting three games of football I've ever watched. And I was so pissed. We we should not have missed the playoffs that year. Um, you know, sadly we lost a couple key games. But the year after 2016, I think we would have went and won again. And it sucks that we didn't get in. Um, and we had to beat up on Notre Dame in one of those bowl games. But again, Ohio State with Urban Meyer has just enjoyed a lot of success, a lot of scrutiny over the past couple months. I think that led to Urban Meyer's retirement um, and his health problems as well. You know, I've heard that people are saying he's going to take the Notre Dame job, going to take the USC job. I think Urban's done. I think this is the last page in his coaching book. Um, Ohio State, I think, was his dream job. Uh, I like to think it was. Uh, maybe I'll you know eat those words in a couple of months here when he takes the Notre Dame job or in a couple years. But he's had a lot of health problems. He had health problems at, at Florida. And he isn't the best coach in the world at keeping control of his players off the field. Um, I'll admit that. But he did have he did do a good job for Ohio State. And I gotta give him all the credit in the world. And whatever he does, you know, I'll be supporting him. If he does decide to return to coaching, it's gonna suck to see him on another sidelines, but I'll understand it. Uh, he gave me seven years just like McCarthy gave me thirteen years. So I gotta give him credit. And as far as Ryan Day goes, I think Ryan Day is more than capable of handling the job as head coach uh, at Ohio State. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I think he's going to bring a whole different type of offense to Ohio State. Uh, And he's got Tate Martell next year, so that's going to be exciting. So we're going to move on now to some current headlines. Uh, But before that, to remind you guys who our show is brought to you by, it is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's Home Cuts will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Sherman and I and about 90% of our guests on the show have gotten their hair cut at D's. Um, and let me tell you, we have never looked or felt better. Everybody's looking and feeling better now that they get their hair cut at Dom's uh, or D's Home Cuts. Dom has been on the show a bunch of times. He's a reoccurring guest. Uh, he does a great job. Uh, you can always... Go onto his Instagram at Dom's Home Cuts. Check him out. See the videos at D's Home Cuts on Instagram. Um, and send him a DM to set up an appointment. Or go through his bio and set it up directly through there. You will not be disappointed. D's Home Cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So I know we've done a lot of football and we got a couple. We're going to do football predictions. Um, but we are going to do uh, baseball first because I figure we'll break it up. Um, with a little baseball talk, a um, little baseball headlines, and then we'll go back to a little basketball, um, and then we'll go back to football headlines and talk about a couple more headlines, uh, and then we'll do predictions, and then we'll end the show with that. 
So baseball, uh, today the Red Sox were signed uh, Nathan Avaldi uh, to a four-year deal. He's only 28 years old, and he had a terrific postseason with the Red Sox. He was absolutely dominant, pitching to a 1.61 ERA over 22 innings. Um, you know, he's going to be rejoining that Red Sox rotation, and he's just going to be dominant, hopefully, for them for years to come. You know, he had the Tommy John surgery um, and he tried to improve with the Rays, but then he was traded to the Red Sox, where he actually started to thrive a little bit. Um, and I'm, I know they're hoping he continues his dominance. I don't think he will. I don't think he's a dominant type of pitcher. Um, I think the moment just hit him right enough to where he started to play well enough in the playoffs. So I don't think he's a dominant type of guy, a dominant, overwhelming type of ace. But I think he's a good rotational pitcher, um, and I'm sure the Red Sox will love to have him back. Another story, Paul Goldschmidt was traded to the uh, Cardinals, which is a big name. Paul Goldschmidt was the Cardinals, um, was the, uh, sorry, the Diamondbacks centerpiece there for a couple of years. Um, he hit, I think, 301 last year, uh, over the last couple of years, actually. Uh, he had 33 home runs last year, he plays first base. Uh, this helps the Cardinals, and it helps the Diamondbacks in a bunch of different ways. I think the Diamondbacks are starting to overgo a little bit of a rebuild right now. Um, I know Cardinals fans wouldn't like to hear that, and that Cardinals fans are getting the screwed up. Diamondback fans wouldn't like to hear that, um, but I think Grinky's going to get moved here in a couple of days. Uh, trading away a centerpiece like Goldschmidt is not something you do every single day, uh, so that's a huge loss for them. Uh, they did get some prospects from the Cardinals, though, uh, and you can see the Cardinals are trying to more get back more into the playoff contention uh, that they've been in the last couple of years. You know, they got the new manager. They made a, a quiet type of push for the playoffs last year. wasn't enough, though, uh, but it is going to be exciting because you know that division right now, uh, that NL Central uh, with the Brewers, you got the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Pirates, uh, and the Reds are all trying to get back into contention uh, and keep fighting for them. Nobody's really undergoing a rebuild there. Uh, the Reds are trying to sign Keuchel. The Pirates, you know, they're, they've been shown to make a lot of moves to try to get back to the postseason. And then the Cubs are always there, too. And now the Cardinals trading for Paul Goldschmidt. So it's interesting to see. Uh, next thing uh, I wanted to talk about was uh, Patrick Corbin. He signed a six-year deal with the Nationals. Uh, he will be going to the Nationals now. Patrick Corbin was probably the best starter available on the market. Uh, he had a 3.15 ERA across 33 starts last year. Uh, he's young. He's only 29 years old, uh, and he is prime to fall into a rotation. I'm surprised he went to Washington, though. I think he wanted to be more of a top-line guy. And Washington's got Strasburg and Scherzer there. Um, uh, so I don't really know what his thoughts are. He's going to be the third guy, probably. I know Strasburg deals with injuries. I thought he wanted to go more of a big market like the Yankees or Red Sox. Uh, but Washington's a solid market, uh, and they just add to that pitching staff, and that's just going to help them out uh, for years to come. So good for him. Next move, well, I don't think there's really much. Other, oh, Gene Segura uh, was traded to the Phillies. Just another uh, example of the Mariners kind of tearing it down. Uh, the Mariners are undergoing a rebuild. Gene Segura is a top-of-the-line player, always consistently hitting 300. Uh, and he's just going to add to that offense for the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, who do have a pretty good pitching staff. And now they're starting to get that offense together. I know they really want to land either Harper or Machado. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how that lineup kind of shakes out next year. they got some young talent, uh, and hopefully they'll be able to make a push for the playoffs. As far as the Mariners go, they traded... Uh, 
Diaz and uh, Cano to the Mets for a couple prospects and Jay Bruce and a couple older guys. Uh, so it's obvious the Mariners are kind of tearing it down a little bit. I think they need to. Uh, this team is stale. It's kind of boring. Uh, so I'm kind of glad they're tearing it down. Uh, as far as the Mets go, I think Cano is a good player. Uh, I think Diaz is a good player. But I'm not really sure the Mets are in the position to start trading away prospects. But we'll see. We're going to move now to football, uh, the rest of the headlines there. But other than that, I wanted to remind you guys that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Turn to A's. Trust me, your lawn and your home will never look better. Uh, trust A's for all your landscaping needs and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the, the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So let's move to some of the football headlines that have been going on the last couple of days. So uh, I wanted to go through a couple of the headlines, and then we'll do some game picks, and then we'll get out of here because my voice is absolutely killing me on uh, my throat. Uh, so Emmanuel Sanders, he tore his Achilles in practice the other day for the Broncos. This is a huge blow for the Broncos. Uh, they traded away Demarius Thomas. They really don't have a number one target right now. Cortland Sutton is right there, um, but he is not a... Uh, He's not been painting out as well as they think he should have. Uh, and he's now their number one option. Uh, this is a huge blow to them, not only because they lost Chris Harris to a fractured leg, but Emmanuel Sanders has had a fantastic year for the Broncos. And this is just going to hurt them uh, even more as they try to make their way to the playoffs, which they, they have been trying to the last couple of weeks here, push for those playoffs a little bit harder. Um, next, Calvin Benjamin was waived by the Bills. Uh, this is probably the least shocking move I've ever seen, uh, because Kelvin Benjamin is a piece of trash. I've stood on that hill for the last couple of months now. Uh, he's shown time and time again, he doesn't want to use his talents to the best of its abilities. Uh, he hasn't been willing to put in the hard work. Uh, he hasn't been willing to do extra stuff. Uh, he got fat at his time in Carolina. He got really fat, um, and then he was traded to the Bills where they expect him to be the number one guy like he was his rookie year. But he just didn't want to try to do that. You know, he got in fights with Cam Newton before the game. And all this stuff just happened back and forth. And it was just a mess. Uh, so I'm glad they cut him. I'm glad the Bills are trying to do a little bit of a culture change. Uh, because I don't think he deserved to be uh, on an NFL roster anymore. Uh, and hopefully he doesn't get picked up. I, I just really don't like Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, I think he has a bunch of talent. Uh, but he's been shown that he doesn't want to put in the work. And guys that have a bunch of talent that don't put in the work really piss me off. Uh, we'll go to the game picks now. We're going to run through these pretty quickly because my throat is killing me. Uh... Tonight's game, Jacksonville versus Tennessee. I think Jacksonville takes that win, actually. I think it's a little bit of an upset. Uh, I don't think Tennessee's as good as people think, uh, and I think Jacksonville is a lot better than people think. Uh, not with Kessler starting, but I think that defense is really good. Next game, Atlanta and Green Bay. I think Green Bay takes this win. I think Philbin actually coaches uh, to a pretty good win here. I know that's a lot of... Uh, um, a lot of controversy surrounding the Packers right now, but I think it's kind of a wake-up call to the team this week, and I think they play to their abilities and beat a pretty bad Atlanta team. Jets and the and the uh, Bills, I think the Bills take this one. Uh, Sam Darnold's start, starting, but I don't think Sam Darnold's that good, so I'm taking the Bills here at home. Carolina and Cleveland, I'm taking the Panthers here to get a, finally get a win. Uh, they lost four straight. 
I think they're way more talented than what you think, uh, and I don't think the Browns are as talented as people think. Indianapolis and Houston, two very good teams going at it. I'm taking the Houston Texans. Why would I not take them? They've won nine straight, and they just continue to roll. Kansas City and Baltimore, I'm taking Kansas City. Uh, they're the better team. Baltimore's just not that good right now, and they're not good enough to beat the, the Chiefs, especially now uh, as they try to replace uh, the whole thing right now with uh, Kareem Hunt. New England and Miami, I don't pick against New England anymore. I'm taking New England on the road here versus Miami. New Orleans and Tampa Bay. New Orleans is coming off a loss. Tampa Bay is coming off a win. That doesn't matter at all. The New Orleans Saints will roll over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Giants and Washington. Uh, you got Mark Sanchez versus Eli Manning. Uh, I'm taking the Redskins here. I think Mark Sanchez will do a pretty decent job. Uh, and I don't think Eli is anything anymore. I think the Giants are tanking. Cincinnati versus the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers here at home. 14-point favorites. Uh, Cincinnati with Jeff Driscoll is just not something I want to take right now. Denver and the 49ers. I'm taking the 49ers here at home. Um, I don't think Denver's as good anymore without Chris Harris, without Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think Sutton's going to step up. Philip Lindsay is a fine young running back, but he's not good enough to beat the 49ers on his own. Detroit and Arizona. I'm taking Detroit here on the road. Arizona's coming off a win, and they really are playing for Steve Wilkes to keep his job because I know they like him a lot there. I don't think it's enough, though, to beat the Lions here. I'm taking the Lions. Philadelphia versus Dallas. I'm taking Dallas here at home. I don't think Philadelphia is that good, and I think Dallas uh, is a solid football team, and I think they're going to win that division. Pittsburgh versus Oakland. If you don't take Pittsburgh here, you don't know what you're talking about. Coming off a pretty bad loss versus the Chargers and a pretty bad loss versus the Broncos. They are crazy for a win, and Oakland's tanking. So I'm taking Pittsburgh here. Sunday night game is actually pretty exciting. Uh, Rams at the Bears. I'm taking the uh, Rams here on the road. I think the Rams are better than the Bears. Trubisky's coming back. I don't think Trubisky's fully healthy. I think they just kind of forced him out there to... Uh, Play this game. I'm um, taking the Rams here on the road. I think they're the better team. Lastly, Minnesota versus Seattle. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks at home. Uh, they've been hot the last couple of weeks. Minnesota uh, has been average. I'm taking Seattle here as this is pretty much a pretty hard game, a pretty close game for both of these teams, a must win uh, for playoff implications. But that's it for week uh, 14. That's all I wanted to talk about there. I want to end the show there. I want to. That's it. That's all I have for you today. Obviously, I'm still pretty sick, so I'm trying to come over that a little bit. Uh, and it's kind of hard to talk for this long. But that's it for the end of the show today. I want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Check them both out uh, at D's Home Cuts on Instagram. And then 330-241-2392 for Andrew's Lawn Service. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. That's where you'll see uh, updates for the shows. Uh, DMs are open if you want to be a guest, if you have any questions, business opportunities for us, uh, questions you want answered on the show, if you want to be a guest, send us a DM. Go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. We are in talks with Spotify, trying to get onto Spotify. Uh, Spotify is really hard to break into, but we, we are working on it as of right now. Uh, we will update you with that, obviously, on the Twitter. Uh, find us on YouTube, find us on 12 Ounce Sports, uh, Listen on that website. That's one of the best young uh, up-and-coming radio stations out there right now for sports, 12ounceSports.com. Other than that, uh, have a great day. Tune in on Tuesday. Hopefully I will be feeling better by then. Uh, hopefully we'll have Truman here soon. Uh, but other than that, have a great day and tune in on Tuesday. Thanks, guys.